What is the real purpose of your IRA custodian? I'll bet it's not what you think, but I'll tell you what it really is. I'm Brian Ellis. This is episode number 296 of Self-Directed Investor Talk. It's time. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting worldwide from selfdirected.org Central Command. Located far from the corruption of Wall Street and Washington, you're listening to Self-Directed Investing with your host and the voice of the Self-Directed Investor Revolution, Brian Ellis. Hello, Self-Directed Investor Nation. Welcome to the show of record for savvy self-directed investors like you wearing each episode. I help you to find, understand, and profit from exceptional alternative investment opportunities. This episode is sponsored by the Self-Directed Investor Society, America's leading private association for alternative asset investors using self-directed IRAs, solo 401ks, and other tax slashing tools. <laughs> to learn more about the SDI Society and whether it's a good fit for you, visit selfdirected.org right now. Hey, back in 1974, when Congress created the IRA, one of the things they included was a requirement that every IRA must have the presence of a custodian, a financial company that's approved by the U.S. Treasury and is ostensibly there to serve the role as repository for the assets held in your IRA. And that is, in fact, what they do, but it's only a part. They do a lot more, and some of it not really in your favor, but legally mandated. And there are some things that you'd think they'd do, but they really don't. Furthermore, they're not all the same, not even close. I'm going to show you a stark example of that here in a bit. So feel free to join in this critical topic with your questions and your comments. You can do so by telephone, toll-free at 833-SDI-TALK, by email at feedback at sditalk.com, or by leaving a comment on today's discussion page at sditalk.com slash 296. So first, the official explanation of why there must be, by law, a custodian all up in your IRA's business. <laughs> what does the custodian do? Well, think of your IRA as kind of like a pet kennel. With a kennel, you deposit your pet for safekeeping, just as you deposit your money with a custodian for safekeeping. Your pet is then cared for by the kenneler, and they are obligated to follow your wishes for the care and treatment of your pet. Likewise, your custodian holds the money and the assets of your IRA, and it's obligated to handle that money and those assets according to your wishes. And if your guidance for the care and treatment of your pet was good, then your pet will be strong, healthy, and growing when you return to get it. If your guidance was bad, your pet may not be doing so well when you return. So too, your IRA, your custodian is not an investment advisor and they're not lawyers. Their job is to execute your wishes connected with how you want your money to be used once you deposit it into an IRA. But they do a lot more than that. Most of it is administrative, and you'll never see most of that, thankfully. But let me give you a few points where you will have direct interaction with your IRA company for which you should be prepared. First, they will help you to initially establish your account. They'll give you very limited guidance concerning the specific type of IRA you'll need because doing so is aligned quite close to providing tax or legal advice, which IRA companies are not licensed to do. Next, they'll hold the money that you deposit, much like a bank. Then, they'll execute your wishes concerning how that money is to be invested and divested. But note, let's follow our kennel analogy just a little further here. Depending on how you uh, want to take care of your pet, some kennels may or may not accept your pet. 
Similarly, some custodians impose restrictions beyond the very minimal restrictions that the law imposes. So you want to be certain before you open an account with any custodian that the type of investing you want to do is compatible with that IRA company. If not, or if you've already opened an IRA and discovered later that the custodian won't work for your needs, you can always change to a new custodian. And of course, your custodian will be there to help you when you need to take withdrawals during retirement. So all of that stuff is pretty standard fare, and it's basically similar from one custodian to the next. But there are some other very real uh, practical realities that you may not have considered. And I'll tell you one that was brought to my attention recently, and to me it was just shocking. I mean, really shocking. Uh, this little story has to do with having a custodian help an account holder to transfer their account to another company a very normal part of the obligations of custodians. So a gentleman owned a self-directed IRA with one of the little IRA companies headquartered out west. This guy decided to transfer his IRA into a solo 401k through a totally different account provider, which is totally kosher for him to do under the law. The IRA company refused to let him transfer his account, just blatantly refused to execute the transfer on the completely illegitimate justification that they didn't recognize the validity of that 401k plan. They stuck with this line of reasoning after being provided the plan documents and the IRS determination letter, which is basically the official stamp of approval from the IRS for a 401k plan. But these people just refused. They outright refused. This was, this was stupid and incredibly small-minded thinking. When this was brought to my attention, I immediately wondered whether legal action would be appropriate but for two reasons, the victimized IRA owner chose not to pursue legal action. One of the reasons is that he found a stopgap way to defeat the stubbornness of this foolish policy. He simply set up an IRA at another company to serve as an intermediary account. He moved from the bad IRA company to another IRA company on a temporary basis and then moved the IRA from that temporary company to his new solo 401k without any problems whatsoever. So that was good because that certainly took a lot less time and money than any legal action would have required. But beyond that, there was something else, something that shocked me to the core about some of the terms of service of this particular IRA company and what they'd have done to him if he'd pursued legal action against them. To say I was bowled over would, would be a dramatic understatement. So what were the offending terms? Well, my friends, I will tell you that in tomorrow's exciting edition of self-directed investor talk because we're out of time for now. But this, I guarantee you, after tomorrow's episode, every one of you will find yourself checking the terms of service for your IRAs because the effects of this issue will be unilaterally devastating to an IRA owner who is victimized by it. Hey, thanks for listening in. And I wonder, have you had any surprising experiences, for better or worse, with your IRA company? If so, sound off on today's discussion page over at sditalk.com slash 296. And my friends, thank you for listening in. And remember, invest wisely today and live well forever. That's all for now, but your training is far from over. Go right now to selfdirected.org slash freedom to download your complimentary guide that shows how to break your investment capital free from Wall Street's corruption and Washington's propaganda. And you'll also get instant access to hundreds more episodes of this show at no cost to you. Send your questions, comments, and speaking inquiries for Brian to feedback at selfdirected.org. 
And don't even think about relying on what you've just heard as legal or professional advice, because it's not that. And you know it. Copyright 2017, SDIIP Trust, all rights reserved.